Real Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. Welcome. I'm Grace Redmond, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Real Talk, where I get to have real life conversations with incredible people from my circles and communities who have overcome challenges and created amazing. Today, I'm super excited to have the incredible Diana Allen with me. Diana is a life and career empowerment coach. Her passion is to help people get out of their comfort zone and live big. She helps her clients design the life they want, not the one they are given or living. Her expertise lies in identifying her client's unique genius, meaning their talents, strengths, and passions, to motivate them, to help simplify change, to reduce the negative self-talk, the doubt, and fear to propel them forward towards their success. Diana believes that everyone deserves to be the leader of their life. And I'm so excited to welcome Diana to Real Talk today. Welcome, Diana. Hi, Grace. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm so excited to have this chat with you because our careers and lives have been so parallel. So we it's have true. so much it's to It's true. Yeah, so recruiters, career and life coaches. Yes. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thank so you. This I, is a beautiful intro. Oh, thank you. So I remember, um, you know, because, you know, we're related, but we only we just met like last year. Right. But Crazy. I always remember hearing, oh, your cousin's a recruiter and, you know, she's in L.A. and she's doing great. So and I always was like, oh, well, I was curious about you. So to finally have a chance to sit down and, and meet you last year was really incredible. So I'm so grateful to that. Yeah, that was so crazy because I kept hearing about you too. And I'm like, well, where is she? Who is she? So how fun that we are similar like-minded people in that respect. Yes. So I'm so excited to have you on and, and have you share. I mean, one of, um, I think the scariest things for people to do is to step out of a career, especially a career that they've been in for so long. And, you know, you were doing executive recruit recruiting for over 30 years and been extremely successful. I mean, the recruiting um, industry is, is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not easy to leave something like that. I mean, what compels you to make that decision to leave, you know, the ex your executive recruiting career and go into coaching? So, you know, I was one of those people that always believed I wanted, I always wanted to love what I did for work. And there was a lot of naysayers around me that, that, that would say, even from my younger days, no, you can't, you know, work's not supposed to be that way. And I'm like, no, no, it is. It is. So I really believed it was possible. So throughout my life, I, I kept looking for things that aligned with who I was. I had done so many bad, I did so many bad jobs. Like in college, I had to work really hard to finance my education. And I think it was the best education I ever got because you, you work at so many bad jobs, you realize that that's not how you want to feel at the end of the day or spend your life. So I found recruiting and, you know, I followed a passion to do it because I was helping people 
you're not going to believe this, but I was typing people's resumes on a typewriter. Oh I my was going through one ads with my friends. I mean, my husband and his roommates thought it was crazy. And I was helping people find new jobs in my free time to align with who they were, you know? Mm. So I've always wanted to help people love what they do. And I loved every minute of my recruiting career. I worked with amazing people in high tech. I worked with amazing companies, built up startups, worked with Fortune 500. But, you know, I finally started realizing the part I was loving the most at this point in my life was the coaching. Mm -hmm. What inspired you? Like, what, what was it about that coaching that you loved? Yeah. So, you know, you got to hear their dreams. You got to listen about their life. You, I, you know, I, it gave me an excuse to learn more about the person, the real person, right behind the scene. So as I started learning more about the people, first of all, it made me a better recruiter because I was help, more helpful in aligning them with the right culture, the right job, the right everything. But I was falling in love with getting to know the people, what made them tick, what were their core values, um, and what did we need to do to get them to their dream, you know, the shifting the mindset, the reducing the fear, being their cheerleader. I, I just loved all of that. I'm with you. I can relate to everything you said. That was the most fulfilling, you know, piece for me as well as getting to know the people and um, helping them shift their mindset as well. Because you probably can relate to this. I'd have these incredible people sitting in front of me with these amazing resumes and experience and their self-esteem was so low and their confidence was shot that they were having a tr trouble getting positions. And I really, it felt fulfilling to be able to, like I said, be their cheerleader and watch them kind of bloom and then finally, you know, accept something that they loved, which kind of brings me to something that you say. You talk about the celebration mindset. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? You know, the celebration mindset is something that I always sort of believed in, like celebrate all our little steps, our little wins, because that's what I use to get myself through the tough times. Like, wait, I've done this before. I can celebrate this little thing until I get to the bigger thing. But then one day I was reading about a research lab and, you know, they actually, celebration mindset's a real thing. They use it in the research lab because when, really? you're, working, when you're working on a vaccine or the cure for some disease, it is painstaking. It is so, so hard. They have to work so hard and they be so determined. And there are so many failures along the way that they started celebrating the failures. They're like, whoa, today we realized that this didn't work. Woohoo. And they started celebrating the failures in the labs. And oh, you can just imagine the motivation level, the inspiration level to keep going. I, this is, is, this is golden. Mm -hmm. I love that celebrating the failures because there really isn't any failure. It's all feedback. Like you said, okay, like this didn't work. I've gathered information to figure out what does work. Exactly. And well, you know what else? Oh my God. So 90% of the population lives in their comfort zone. So oh yeah. My co When I'm coaching clients and they tell me I'm behind or I'm not doing enough, I say, are you trying? They'll, oh my God, they'll go. Yeah. You're already ahead of 90% of the people in their comfort zone. That's right. 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 Actually, the number is even a little bit higher than that. That's what I heard. 98% is what I really heard. But I can't even say that number. That's a, that. Yeah, that's. And, and so you're right. So anyone that's making an effort to expand and grow is ahead of the game. To be celebrated. Yes. Yeah. Celebrated. This is a huge question. I don't have the answer to this. I mean, this is just something I always think about. Like, why is it 
next, you know, 2% are, are getting uncomfortable and, and pushing themselves and the 98% are comfortable? So I think a little bit of it is what we bring to the table. I do think there are certain personality traits. Like I noticed that, you know, from a young age, I was really adventurous. I wanted new things. I wanted adventure. I loved change for the most part. So that's a personality trait. So I think that it, to have that personality trait helps, right? Because mm -hmm. change mm -hmm. is a constant in our lives. What I think most people don't realize, every day we wake up, everything's changed. Nature's changed. We've changed. That's true. But people don't really see it that way. And we do have a big fear about it. I, I just think that the fear of the unknown is a really big fear. For sure. I mean, mm -hmm. I know the fear of the unknown goes into, I think, the negativity, um, mm -hmm. part of the negativity bias. and you know, we're, we're afraid of the unknown and that's what holds us back. And, and we all have it. I mean, I, I have my fears. Um, but I know for me, like the way I push through my, I, I kind of just like jump into it and you can still be fearful and courageous at the same time. What are some ways like you push through your fears? You know, I think the number one way is looking back at the evidence in mm -hmm. my past. When I get really scared, I go, wait a second. Remember when you made this other really big change? I remember when you were really fearful of these five things happening and only one happened and it really wasn't that bad and you ended up doing it anyways. I think looking back at evidence and we can all do this. I mean, even if you're 10 years old, you can look back at evidence of things that you've accomplished or something that you felt empowered mm -hmm. or excited about. That's what works for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so in NLP, we call that the counter example. And that's, you're right. It's huge. Like if, and I, and I use that all the time and I think I don't even realize I use it anymore. It's like, okay, if I already, you know, been through that and that was so challenging and it felt like hell, I could get through this. 100%. And, you I know, not only does looking back at the evidence of the things you've accomplished or when you felt empowered, but it also helps build resilience. It increases our confidence level when we're feeling insecure and confident because face it, presidents and CEOs are insecure and unconfident, just like a college kid or a, a kindergartner. We all have these issues. It's a part Absolutely. of the human experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the awareness. I know for me, when I go into the, that feeling of um, lack or, you know, not feeling confident or insecure, I go to... Um, I kind of reframe it. I definitely, I'm always using the reframe to, uh, along with the counter example, along with, okay, I've done this before and, and that, that helps me. Mm -hmm. So shifting out of that mindset. And you know, it's funny, but befriending fear, befriending our inner critic is so helpful. I just learned that really in the last couple of years, I had my own ways of dealing with insecurity and fear, lack of confidence, but I've learned so much after going through a coaching program and certifying and, and I learned all, all these wonderful things through the Martha Beck program. But if you befriend your fear and you befriend your inner critic, she even had us picture a lizard on our shoulder and naming it. I love so you it. Name it something horrible that you never want to see. So when it <laughs> pops, so when it rears its ugly head, you, you really, you, you say, Stanley, I don't need to hear your, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Go to the back seat. Bye-bye. So we can do it in funny ways because totally. fear is, it's going to be there for the rest of our lives. Sure. Yeah. And, and I've learned also to honor, like similar, like to honor, it comes up. I'm like, okay, like I know you're trying to keep me safe. Mm -hmm. 
And I appreciate that. And I, and I honor you for that. And I'm going to take this risk. I'll be okay. Because I know um, in, in, when I was going through my coaching practice, uh, my coaching certification, the ego kept coming up mm-hmm. and the ego is trying to keep you safe. And I've heard like some, um, some, you know, practitioners or spiritual people say, okay, we want to get rid of the ego. I don't believe that. I think our ego serves us, you know, but like you said, um, being, a, being a friend with that inner critic, the ego, I think is very helpful because it's part of us. It's not going to yeah. go away. It does keep us safe. It does. I mean, we don't need the the fear, that part of our brain that's fight or flight. We don't need it quite the same as we did in caveman no. days, no. but it's not, it hasn't gone away. So we need to just accept that it's there mm-hmm. and understand that it is trying to do the best it can to, to help us, mm-hmm. but then to recognize when it's happening, you know, look for evidence. And it, is it true? Should I really be scared here? Or is this just that, you know, fight or flight thing happening? I love that. Um, Byron Katie, you just said, is it true? That helps me a lot as well. Like when I go into a story, I'm like, come on, Grace, really? Is that true? Like you're creating this story in your head and it's really a way more glamorous than what's really going on out there. You know, we all create stories in our head and I literally love those three words. So I use them a lot in my life now. When I have crazy thoughts, I go, is it true? And all of a sudden it brings you down Right. A few notches and it lets you investigate the thought Hmm. and question it and look for evidence. I love that. I love that. And it's so funny as much, you know, I live and breathe this work, you know, and most most of my life and especially the last six years. But let me tell you, I, I, every time I get on with one of my guests and especially you today, it reminds me like how little I know and how much of a reminder like I constantly need, because sometimes I feel like, gosh, I'm getting on, I'm saying the same thing over and over. But what I don't realize is like those reminders are are so important. For all of us, for all of us, you know, I mean, you know, really important things like reframing fear and looking for evidence and letting go. We, most of us know these are good things, but it's hard to remember it every day in your daily life. Totally. It's, yeah. it's, it's hard. And, um, and like I said, and I do this for a living, like I live and breathe this. Like I, I talk this all day long. And some like some of your great nuggets right now just remind me, like, you know, it's just keep doing the work, wash, rinse, repeat, like like my my friend says to me all the time. Um, we're always gonna face challenges, you know, that's what grows us and expands us. Huge. What has been one of the biggest challenges you faced on your journey in in becoming an empowerment coach? So, you know, what's really cool is, first of all, as you know, recruiting, executive recruiting is an incredible training field for life coaching. I can't believe all the similarities. But what I've noticed is that there's really good news. No matter what you're making, no matter what change you're making or how you're starting over, you're never really starting over. You have your skills, you have your network, you have your experience, you have your lessons that you bring with you every time you make a change. So a lot of people are scared of making life changes, relationship changes, you know, work changes, but in reality, you're bringing all of that to the table. So that is the really good news that makes it less of a challenge. The hard part was honestly is shifting identities. Mm. I was really good at what I did. I really loved what I did. And 
the worst part was the people. The people around you, because most of them are in their comfort zone, don't understand someone who's willing to chuck something that's good. If it's not broke, why fix it kind of thing. The people make you really nervous because they're not comfortable with it. So their fear gets imposed on you. So talk to me a little bit more about that. Like they're not comfortable with it. What did that look like? Oh my gosh. It looks like so many different things. It looks like emails from people saying, are you crazy? Why would you do this? It looks like people looking at you like you flipped your wig when you're walking away from a very successful career that you've loved, you know, too. It wasn't like I hated my job. That's different. Um, yeah, you know, people, because they are fearful of change when there's people around them changing. And you know this, because even if you up-level your life in any way, oftentimes there's people left behind. Yes. Right? Yeah. So the biggest challenge for me was kind of that mindset, the people that were uncomfortable with it, that I had to, you know, I had to kind of compartmentalize it because I had to go true to my, what my gut told me. Mm-hmm. I have always followed my gut and my intuition ever since I was a little girl. Um, it's a good thing because when I was young, I didn't like the life I was given. I knew it pretty early on, less than nine for sure. And I knew I wanted to, des- to design a different life. And I'm like, how the heck am I going to be doing that? So I, I really followed my gut, my intuition. I think even a, a guardian angel, to be honest with you, that that told me kind of, yes, you're on the right path. And so with this change, I just kept saying, this is right for me. My gut's telling me this is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to keep forging ahead regardless. Mm-hmm. What's hysterical is once you've done it, you've graduated, you're working. Some of those people around you that were nervous are like, whoa yeah like you should have always have done this 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 is who you are you are an empower you've been inspiring me my whole life i'm like oh thank you for the support i i love that and i love how you knew like when you were nine like you were nine years old intuitively you knew like something was off you didn't want to live that way and and like how you mentioned you know the guardian angel um and and i could relate to that as well like i also knew there was something inside of me like intuitively like i knew i wanted something different. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't going to be satisfied with the status quo. Yeah. The reason why I I think I'm so excited about being an empowerment coach is because the way I see it is I'm helping people find their power to design the life they really want. Not the one that's given to them, not the one that falls in their lap, not the one that their culture dictates, not the one society dictates. So Mm -hmm. That's just so important to me. And, you know, we grew up in a culture that everything I wanted to do was against the rules. <laughs> me too. I know, right? And and I also remember like the book of shame, like you couldn't do anything. Everything we did was shameful. And the book of shame was like this big, me and my cousin would joke about it. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels amazing to break out of those um, limiting beliefs, to bro- break out of those you know, thoughts that held, I know they held me back for a a little bit, but I just, I kept moving forward. Mm -hmm. Something that you talked about was living life by design, not default. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've been, yeah, I, I mean, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people through my career, right? And what I noticed was the people that were the happiest and honestly, most successful, usually too, not always, were the people that were living life by their design. 
they were not spectators on the sidelines. They were not living the life that just fell in their lap. They were not living the life that mom and dad told them to live. They were not living the life that, you know, everyone around them expected. They were living the life that they took the initiative to create. And I feel like when you, you know, go through life, you're either living by your design or you're living by default. That's right. You're either yeah. conscious or unconscious. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was um, floored when I learned, you know, going through my coaching um, certifications that we live 95% of our life unconscious. So by default, by default. So 95% of our life, we live by default and only 5%, you know, do we know what we're doing? And so if we can flip that, you know, around and live consciously and intentionally, we could create any life we want. I truly believe that. I do. I do too. 100%. And the 95% fact was really scary when I first realized it or read it. I was like, wow, how's that possible? It is. It's just the way it is. And so what we tell ourselves all day, the thoughts we have all day long is what becomes that 95% subconscious that drives us. And so if we're telling ourselves negative things all day long, then our subconscious, that's all it knows. And if we tell ourselves positive things, like if we say, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, why me? It happened to me. It's always happening to me. Why is you are a victim? If you say to yourself, I am going to create the life I want. I am a creator, which by the way, victim and creator are pretty much the same role, but you're, they're opposite, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can be the creator of your life. And if you say things, positive things that align with being a creator, then you're absolutely right. You're going to be one of those people that designs their life versus just sitting around being a victim, mm -hmm. having no power. And that's the other thing. Like if you're the creator, you've got all the power. Absolutely. And and I think we're, you know, even the victim is creating, but what the victim is creating is, um, and this is no judgment because I, I was there. I created from a lack a victim mentality for a long time. It was exhausting. Mm -hmm. um, so we're always creating, but if we can, you know, flip it and create from the, you know, the, the victor to create mm -hmm. from the gratitude, it's, it's a very, it, it comes easy, much, I'm not going to tell you life is easy. It just comes much more gracefully. Yeah, I, I really believe that. And all of us have been a victim. I, I've heard myself be a victim. And I have to tell you, I hate hearing it. I hate hearing yeah. it. And I'm I didn't even know. Complaining and I'm a victim. And I'm like, oh, that just doesn't sound good. I had no idea, you know, because, we, you know, again, we live 95% unconscious based mm -hmm. on the experiences and imprints um, we have, you know, as, as children, as, as young adults. So I didn't even realize that was a victim. I, I was just following and what was around me. I was conditioned that way. I had no idea that I was living in a victim mentality. I thought it was normal. Like I didn't realize because you, you complain about not working to fix it. I'm not realizing that that is such a good point and yes me too we all do that because we don't know any better until we know better right like yeah. my angelou says when you know better yeah. do better exactly and i remember you had a um a wonderful woman on your podcast that said she was marching around with her mother's personality just because that's all she saw that's all she knew and she was even talking like her acting like her until one day she was like whoa 
happens to all of us. For sure. And it's unconscious mm -hmm. and, and there's no right or wrong. And like you said, it's just once we know and we're aware, we can start making those very, you know, tiny ch changes. And look, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, the change is easy. It's not like you got to dig deep. And, and I think that's part of, um, that's part of the fear and the challenge, like to dig deep, to do the work. It, it's, it's not easy, but there's freedom on the other side of it. Because let me tell you, like, I rather go out and party and have fun all the time other than like, sit down and say, okay, why did, why did this trigger come up? You know, where is it coming from? Because it sucks. It sucks. But on the other side of that, at least for me has been empowerment and expansion. And as I expand and grow, like better opportunities come. Yeah, you're right. Change is really hard, even when you're excited about it. Um, I get really excited about changes, but it's still really hard to implement. Yeah. And there is a lot that gets in the way, not to mention your negative thoughts and your inner critic, but a lot of other things, too. So I do think there ha there's faith and trust in the yes. process, right? Absolutely. That there is better things around the corner. That's why I think once you venture out of your comfort zone and do something that's scary, it gets easier. Because yeah. you see the growth, you see the lessons, you see why you want to do that. Yeah. What's what's one tool that you could offer um, our audience if they're ready to make a change, but they're in that fear? What's what's the first step they can take? What's one one tool they could use, resource they could use? You know, I think with all negative thoughts and fear is a huge one. Is is learning to to understand it, learning to manage it. So. All of our negative thoughts, we have them every day. We all have negative thoughts. But the first thing is to notice that you're feeling it, like notice that you're feeling the fear or any negative thought for that matter. Um, and once you notice it, like, okay, I am really scared right now. Then accept it. Like you go, okay, so I realize that I'm feeling scared right now. And then look for another way to see it. Just say, Let's say I, I'm scared of the new job. Do it like what Byron Katie does. Flip it around. I am not scared of the new job. And find like three pieces of evidence why you're not scared of the new job. That's that's one way. Mm. Um, because then you might say, well, wait a second. I'm really excited because there's going to be new people. I heard they have espresso every day. <laughs> you know, yes. it's my tech. Um so I think just recognizing the feeling, noticing it, accepting that it's real, accepting that it's part of the human experience, and then trying to turn it around a little bit. You can even make funny stories about it. You can tell me about that. I like that. Funny stories about it in what way? Okay. So I was coaching a client and we were working with negative thoughts and, and the person was saying, my mother is so judgmental. Like, I don't know what to do about this. And I, and, and there was the whole tool around it, but at the end of the tool, I said, okay, if you had to create a sitcom or a movie title or a song around your judgmental mother, you know, what comes to mind? And she said, oh my God, I see my mother as judge Judy. She's, <laughs> she's in the robes. She's, she's got the gavel. <laughs> Love that. And That's guess what? Crazy. The next time her mother called, the whole situation was so much lighter. She mm -hmm. pictured Judge Judy in her mind. And then when her mother started being judgmental, she's like, that's who she is, whatever. I see Judge Judy. And she just let it go instead of fighting it, mm -hmm. resisting it, you know? The resistance, letting it go. Mm -hmm. I love that because that reminds me of um, a tool that I've, I've used before. It's like 
you give them, okay, if, if they were a cartoon character, who would it be? And then it changes the picture in the brain. Because this yes. is audience. I love the cartoon character. That's mm -hmm. kind of how our, my lizard looks like a cartoon character. <laughs> <laughs> because our, our, it's, it's science. And also when we change um, memories, like our mind doesn't know the difference between the right now and the real and the past. So if I have a memory, you know, of like, let's say her mom's judgmental by just maybe her mom is actually nice that day. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, she was nice. It's amazing um, how we can use our brain power to, to really help ourselves. And I love I love how you did that with her with Judge Judy. Well, and you know what else is really funny? It's along the lines of what you were just saying. Um, a long time ago in therapy, I learned something that we can't change people. I was young. So I was mm -hmm. like, what? <laughs> I can't change anyone like this. Well, we were taught good. that we could change people. Remember? We were taught we could change people. So it was a, quite a revelation. But then what I learned from this therapist was the only way to impact change is to change our pattern. That's right. Oh my gosh. So once we change our pattern, things change around us because that's how change works. Mm -hmm. One tree falls in a forest, that's it right. impacts all the trees in the forest. So what's so funny about the judgmental mom? is once you have a handle on it, you can see it as a cartoon character or a funny story. When they're judgmental, you don't even fight back. You're like, yeah, whatever. You've changed your pattern. You hang up. Mm -hmm. So much better. And it's energetic as well. Mm -hmm. It's very energetic because when we're in a place of you know resistance and fighting it, we don't allow the flow. And then when we release and we accept the person where they are, they're you know, not always, not always, but then you see the interaction between the two of you change. One of my biggest life lessons. I'm still working on that one. Oh, I mean, I'm constantly working on that. And I never believed it. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, how, how does that work? Like if I release and I surrender, like this shit's going to change really. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, we choose, you know, we have the power within us. Mm -hmm to react or respond to the situation does. There's a woman who wrote a book that I love this book so much. It's actually changing my life. It's called Let Go Now by Karen Casey. I like that, Let Go Now by Karen Casey. It's right all there. about embracing detachment. And she's got just these 10 <laughs> things that at the very beginning of the book, she has 10 little sayings that have practically changed my life. And one of them is the chaos of others need not distract us. Yeah. The I other agree. one is there's only two kinds of business, your business and none of your business. And I, I, my whole coaching cohort flipped over that one. I love that. And it's so true. Changed my life. I, I'm going to order that because something I've been working on is detachment, you know, and because we're so attached to outcomes mm -hmm. and when we're attached to outcomes, we're in resistance. We're not allowing um, or surrendering. And so I love how you gave me that because I, I definitely want to look into it what most of us, because most of us are control freaks because as safety, like we learned that as children, you know, yeah. um, especially if we grew up in volatile chaos or toxic environments, we learn to control for our safety, mm -hmm. which helps like, which translates into being attached to the outcome to feel safe. Yeah. Way too attached. Right. And yeah. so the magic comes in that letting go in that surrender, but it's count. It's counterintuitive to what we were taught or conditioned. One hundred percent. I mean, like I said, this is going to be a lifelong quest for me. 
Me too. Because of all the ingraining in our culture of the way things were, because we, you know, we were taught the exact opposite, <laughs> and right. we we were modeled the exact opposite. Yeah. So it's it's like, oh my gosh. So we're rewiring, but but I I love, you know, I think just just you know, yes, we have these you know what's it called passions and. But I feel that just by living our lives authentically and doing this work, that in itself is an example and inspiration to others that it can be done. Mm-hmm. It can be done. Like if these if these beliefs um, are no longer working, we can change those. They're not absolutes. I agree with that. I, you know, we all have such a capacity for change. And Absolutely. I mean, I'm blown away by the the amount of power each human has too. Like we have power, we have power of choice, power to change, power to do things that we can't even comprehend. Absolutely. Yeah. It's managing our thoughts. Well, you, you mentioned something, you know, about um, the power of the thoughts. How much do you think the power of thoughts contribute to our success? Oh my goodness. I, I think like, 90 per, I, I think it's really high yeah because you can see a, the same family with five siblings raised pretty much the same way and you could see the ones that have positive thoughts that that tend to wake up with it more in a positive mode and see the better and everything and they tend to go a lot further than the ones that don't true True. And it's, it's all the, it's the laws. I mean, these laws mm-hmm. go back, you know, 2000 years um, in, in history and I live by those laws. And one of the keys, and I mean, to tell me what you think about this is the gratitude. Gratitude is huge. Focusing on what's working. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because even when things are terrible, there's always something that's working or even when someone thinks they don't like their life, they can always come up with five things they do like in their life. And the more we focus on the five things mm-hmm. versus the other, you know, 10 things, the more we have a good life. So it is a lot of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that I really do. What percentage do you think it is? I, I do too. I, I think it's very high because I've seen, you know, I love inspirational stories, those stories where people like come from absolutely, you know, we're, we've been, you know, we're, we're, we're blessed, you know, our families, mm-hmm. um, we had homes and like food and water, but, you know, I'm so inspired by these stories where people come from almost nothing, like where they had to sleep, you know, on the ground or there was no food or no water. And then they come, like, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. And then they come and they just flourish and they succeed. Now it wasn't easy, of course, but I'm so inspired by those stories because they didn't allow their circumstances. And typically, you know, when I've read the books about these people or you, the stories, it's, they knew, like they knew without like what they wanted, Mm -hmm. they believed and they had an intent and they created it. So I think it's very high. And those stories get me emotional because um, one of the most challenging things for me, I'm getting emotional Mm -hmm. is when I see someone who has so much potential Mm-hmm. And they don't see it in themselves. <sighs> That's actually and one of the hardest. You, can do. you see, like these, you know, beautiful people with so much potential, and they just don't don't see it. That's been the hardest thing. So I think the power of our mind is is very high, very high, or, or our thoughts create our life. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It is really, really hard. And especially if they're people that you love or people close right. to you, right? It, it's just so painful. And I've learned a lot about that too, that that's, we all have a different journey on this planet. And for whatever reason, that's theirs. And that's where I have to learn to let that's go. Right. <laughs> totally. And it's like accepting them where they are with love and, yeah. and kindness. It's hard and, though. And, you know, and I, I it is. But also, like, I know, like, this is not my journey. It's their journey. And just mm -hmm. be loving um, and supportive. Of course, at times you have to set your boundaries. But overall, just be compassionate. Because yeah. everyone's exactly where they're supposed to be for their experience in this lifetime. And I know that. But that is still hard to accept sometimes. It is. Right? That's why I got <laughs> emotional. That's why I got emotional. Um, so has your life turned out different than you had imagined as a little girl? So, you know, it's funny. I, I'm one of those people who could be two people. When I was a little girl, I could visualize myself as a travel photojournalist, almost a gypsy traveling all over the world, meeting people, not even having a place to call home. And then I also visualized, you know, having the more traditional life, which was beat into me by my culture, by the way. So I don't know who I'd really be, but I love my life the way it is. I have raised two young adults two young adults that you asked me, I think in the questionnaire, what was one of my biggest joys or accomplishments? And for me, because I didn't have this with my parents, nothing that even came close. My adult relationship with my two kids is my most joyous moment. So I think I did imagine that kind of thing in my life, but because I was torn about being that crazy adventurous person. <laughs> well, you're definitely adventurous these days. Well, I see you actually. You're very adventurous. You do some really cool things. I love doing new things. Like that's what floats my boat. Everybody has something that just makes them so happy and light as a feather. That's me doing anything new really just makes me happy. But um, yeah, so yeah, no, I love my life. And because I really believe that I can design it and continue to design it, even if I didn't love it, I'm like, you know what, I'll just change it. That's right. That's right. It's like, well, it goes back to the celebration mindset. You know, right. if something didn't work today. Okay. I'm going to celebrate it because now I know what I want and I'm going to go towards that. Absolutely. Because lots of times, both in career and in life, what I notice, the more you know what you don't want, the closer you get to what you do want. It's kind of like picking baby names, right? There's a hundred and you only like four of them. <laughs> Right. You get a lot closer to what your baby's name is going to be. And exactly. I think making choices is easier when you narrow it down that way. Yeah. Well, I think our life as an adventure is that's I feel at least for me, as I move forward, I'm like, OK, I like this. I didn't like this. And and then I notice that as I communicate or write it down, then those things that I enjoy start start coming through. Because I don't have, we don't have to be attached to things. Of course, there's going to be things we're going to do that we don't like. I don't mean like, but we, we get to choose. There's no, I have to. Right. There's no, I have to. So is there anything that you regret or would have done differently? Um... Yeah, I would have probably played around a lot more in my 20s and not settled down so soon. <laughs> you know what's so funny? I used to say the same thing. I would say the only regret I had is I wish I went out and had more fun. And um, 
one of my girlfriend helped me reframe that, you know, and she said, but now, you know, we get to be the adventurers, but that's so funny. You said that. Cause that was actually one of my things that I wish I had done differently instead of worked so hard. I wish I played more. Yeah. Because I think in our twenties is when we learn so much about ourselves, you know, you're still young. You're still open to all possibilities. The world is your oyster. I just think that to really experience life and do lots of different things. And I did crazy things. I backpacked through Europe for four months. I did a thousand mile, 2000 mile bike ride. Wow, it wasn't even enough. I wanted to do more. <laughs> but I, like I said, now you're doing it. Yeah. And I, I know that you agree with me because I see, like I saw you at Bottle Rock and you're doing these amazing things where I think for us, age is just a number. Whereas I witnessed, you know, um, the generation before us, like when they were our age, it was like, um, you know, I didn't see them as adventurous. It was yeah. kind of like, okay, like this is it. Um, this is life. Whereas yeah. we're, I feel like we're in the second act. I think we are too. And I think, you know, these days, you know, 60 is 40 and 80 is 60. I think it's different just because of all the medical advances, the health and wellness that we see and hear all the time in the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they kind of thought game over at 50 right? in those days. I'm like, what? Like, game on now. <laughs> game on, baby. Women game in on. their 50s are reclaiming themselves, finding their power, yes. designing their lives, yes. and doing things after raising beautiful kids and towing yes. the line for their families and having the best lives ever. Yes. And, and yeah. I'm seeing them. I'm starting to witness as I'm connecting with my clients and, and other women that there's this whole, com, you know, just community community of, you know, you, you, you've raised your kids, you've had your career. I mean, you were still working, but it, it's like, it's a very different um, power than I experienced before. And so it's, I'm, I'm grateful to be in that power with you. Yeah, me too. Love it. This yeah, is a good phase. It's an amazing, amazing phase. I'm so grateful for it. And I'm grateful for you for joining us with these amazing nuggets of wisdom. Thank you so much. What I'd love if you could tell our audience where they can find you if they're ready to get empowered. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. This is such a such a thrill, such an honor. I'm so inspired by you, by the way. And I'm I'm, I'm watching you too. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, yeah inspiration. Um, the best way to really find me and see my background and know who I am is, is LinkedIn. I, I've lived on that platform for the last, you know, how 20 years. So all my information is there. Um, and it's Diana Allen. So you can search LinkedIn. I don't have a website yet. I do have an Insta at Diana Allen coaching. Yeah. All right. And I'll also put that um, information down there. And it's been incredible to connect with you. I'm so excited to witness your journey and have these conversations. And for all of you that are watching, thank you so much for joining us. As always, I appreciate you because I know there are so many other places you can be. And until next time, I wish you an amazing, amazing day. And thank you. And Diana, thank you for joining me. And just hold on. Okay. Thank, thank you. you. All right, all. Have a great one. Hey, love. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. 
Grab it by visiting daredeachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.